0: This is the most stress-free approach you could possibly do. I love how they matched me with someone with the experience and qualifications that I asked for. I personally asked for a therapist who had some experience with eating disorders, depression, and relationship trauma. Once BetterHelp matched me with my therapist, she messaged me right away, and then I scheduled my first session with her for that week. The process is easy, effortless, and stress-free. BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. So if you're going through a hard time right now, and let's face it, so many of us are. Whether it's emotional turbulence, depression, anxiety, relationship issues, LGBTQ issues, whatever it is, body image, self-esteem, BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit betterhelp.com slash vibe. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P and join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Vibe Within listeners, you get 10% off of your first month of online counseling at betterhelp.com slash vibe. That's com slash vibe betterhelp.com slash vibe go start online therapy dm me on instagram let me know how it's going and i hope that you get the help the support and the healing that you deserve welcome to the vibe within podcast i'm your host gab cohen each week, we will connect through stories and conversations about wellness, yoga, addictions, spirituality, mental health, rituals, and everything in between. The goal is to transform our traumas into strengths to create the change we desire in our lives. My mission is to help others by shining awareness on real life topics so we can learn new ways to heal physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Whatever you are going through in this moment, you are not alone, so let's connect and heal our vibe within. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome back to the Vibe Within Podcast. I'm your host, Gab Cohen, and I am really fucking excited to share this episode with you guys because... I've been really wanting to get deeper into the darkness of what depression feels and looks like and what it sounds like in our heads and what, what the, the myths and the masks and the lies um, of depression and, and what it feels like to be trapped in those lies and those stories that depression will, um, will tell us. And some of these things um, aren't comfortable to talk about because I'm, I'm digging in this episode, I dig into the psyche of what it sounds like to be depressed and the inner dialogue that happens. So it can feel very uncomfortable to express these things to people. But I feel safe expressing these things since I'm in my room alone. There's nobody around me listening, so it kind of takes some of the pressure off, but I get deep into this episode about what it what it feels like to be isolated from depression, how it affects us, how it affects the relationships around us, how it can feed us lies about how we are unworthy to be around people, and how it will manipulate us and kind of sabotage ourselves to think that we will never meet somebody we're not worthy of dating we're not worthy of meeting people because they're just going to see how we are dark Um, I talk about dark energy and I talk about how depression will try to manipulate us and tell us that we're all dark energy and we have no light energy and what light energy we are putting out there is fake that's one big, big myth and lie that depression will, will say and scream. And then I get into a lot of inner child work, um, finding that inner child and understanding that when we're depressed or anxious or angry, it means that there's needs that are unmet. And um, I, I speak a lot about tribe and connection, as much as I hate that word, I I talk about how depression will highlight all of our personality flaws. And then that can actually be part of the shadow work. So if you never experienced depression before, but you are in the midst of a spiritual awakening, um, depression can come through because you're being awakened and you are seeing clearly um, how how your personality um, can kind of sabotage yourself. Um, and I'm speaking in, from my experience, this happens to me all the time. I I talk about how 2020 is a perfect pivotal catalyst to focus on our health and our mental health. I talk about mental illness, obviously. I talk about um, some stigmas around it, and I talk about how we we need to take care of our physical and emotional health because if we don't, then everything's gonna backfire and kind of explode. And if we are in the midst of manifesting career and money and relationship, and we're starting to get all those things, if our health declines and we just collapse and we get burnout then all those things are going to dissolve. So all that hard work that we put into our manifesting our dreams goes to shit because we're not taking care of our physical and emotional health. So I think there's going to be something in this episode for everyone. I hope you enjoy it. Um, Please share it with a friend or a family member and subscribe, rate, and review um, this podcast. And we'll just get right into it. This episode is brought to you by Blue Ridge Hemp Company. Blue Ridge Hemp is a dynamic company that specializes in producing high-quality topicals for your skin, superfoods, and flour. CBD flour has been one of my favorite things to incorporate in my rituals, um, and they actually sell CBD joints pre-rolled. They're amazing. They're called Blue Blue Jays, and they are delicious, and they give you this... Really nice, calming, natural, uh, uplifting feeling. Um, they are focused on empowering people from all walks of life through their products and their message of positivity, gratitude, balance, and it's all about self-care. Um, they have topicals for your skin. They have superfoods that are amazing, like honeys and chocolates and. They have tinctures as well, which are really amazing. Um, They're located in Asheville, North Carolina, and they're actually the first CBD company that I ever was affiliated with. Um, I first got into CBD with oils and lotions and topicals and stuff like that, and I've, I've known these guys since the beginning of my CBD enthusiast career. So I really I really love what they're doing. They've evolved so much as a company, and I, I really stand by their products. Um, they are doing amazing things. Their CBD flower is probably the best CBD flower that I've ever tried. And actually, whenever I record an episode of this podcast... I have a little ritual where I either spark up one of their Blue Jays or I just roll my own CBD joints with their flower Selects which comes in these you know amazing packages and they have several different strains and strands of pure hemp flour and it just tastes delicious. So what I'll do is I will roll a joint, I will have my tea and my elixir sometimes I'll take a tincture and I will start recording and it's just really really nice to bring this self-care natural herbalism holistic energy into your evening or your day or your morning whatever time you are taking out um, during your day to elevate your vibration and to feel good so if you'd like to learn more about their products, you can follow them on Instagram, Blue Ridge Hemp. They are always posting amazing CBD treats recipes and any information about their new products, new strains of CBD flour, new tinctures, new topicals. And if you want to save a little bit at checkout, use the discount code GypsyLove for a discount at checkout. And you can even use that same discount code for sale items. So when they have BOGO sales or any type of flash sale, you can still continue to use that discount code GypsyLove at checkout for an additional sweet little discount, so go and stock up on any CBD goodies that you need over at Blue Ridge Hemp and enjoy it. Alright, so as we are now in 2020, I'm sure a lot of you guys can feel the shift in the collective's energy when it comes to epiphanies in the realm of health in the realm of physical health and mental health it's almost like when 2020 was approaching and then it and then it happened and then and then now we're in it it's like the 2020 vision if you will it's like putting a magnifying glass over your life right now and it's putting that microscope magnifying glass over us and it's completely showing us the areas in our lives that need to be worked on and it's like I was just watching a tarot reading the other night um, by one of my favorite tarot readers um, on YouTube and she was basically saying 2020 is here time's up a lot of you guys might be feeling this as well. It's like time's up. All the things that I've been meaning to, to work on, like my health or my career or mending a relationship with a family member or a friend, time's up and the time is now to work on these things because if we don't do it now, when are we going to do it? So that really resonated with me because instantly when she said that, I was like, yo, that's how I feel. I feel like time's up, I've dilly-dallied enough, it's done, like all the time that I've quote-unquote wasted putting my health on the back burner, putting my mental health on the back burner, continuing to procrastinate, making doctor's appointments, making therapist appointments, therapies, just constantly putting everything that should be coming first on the back burner. And the you know just the term time's up that's it that's literally it like we need to move into this truthful internal knowing of what we need to get done and we need to start from the ground up and we need to do one thing at a time and for for some people it's going to look different for some people it's oh my god I need to definitely find a new job like, that's number one. That's, you can't go on anymore. You need to get a new job. You don't feel like you're living in alignment. You need to start looking for a new job and putting your energy out there and start applying to places or start talking to people. For other people, this might mean the relationship that you're in is no longer working and deep down inside, you've known this for months or maybe years. And now your, your soul and your spirit is starting to scream at you. So these these issues, you know, they were issues before and, and now they're, they're issues that are becoming a deep, deep um, fire. So like before, our spirit or our soul was like tapping us on the shoulder like, hey, you should really be working on this. And then as time goes by, the fire starts to get fed and fed and fed. And now it's a wildfire at this point. And now there's there's no turning back. You've got to get all your troops in. You've got to get all your firefighters in. You've got to get all your the people to help you to, to put out these fires. And the, the fires that I'm working on personally are mental health and physical health because I've continued to just brush it away, like I said, and now it's a full-blown forest fire. And, you know, sometimes it just needs to get to that point to have a re- revelation, to have an epiphany, to to widen your eyes and say, okay, wow, I let it get to this point. But you know what? It happens because we get so caught up in work and creating and helping people and trying to do our best. And then we get wrapped up in our mental illness. And then we get wrapped up in our physical discomforts and our physical symptoms and disease. And as stress starts to you know, get, get in a bigger ball, it snowballs, it gets to a point where burnout occurs. And you've heard me talk about this before on the podcast. Burnout is something that the collective is going through right now, for sure. And I just want to paint a picture for you guys so that, one, you don't feel so alone because you're not alone. And I feel like part of my purpose of this podcast is to speak about depression and to speak about mental illness and anxiety and physical illness from a standpoint of a real person you know I'm a real person I teach yoga I I work I write I, I do all these things but it doesn't mean that you know it affects me not as bad because I'm still working or there's different levels of depression and you know there's severe depression where people can't get out of bed and they can't shower and they, they can't take care of themselves I've been there I'm not there right now thank god but I've been there and it even it even happens in waves sometimes you know like I'll go a few days without showering and I'm just like dude what the hell like as much as us yoga teachers and spiritual beings and healers and whatever you are if you are in that realm we can get caught up and forget to like take care of ourselves like oh shit when's the last time i brushed my hair when's the last time i did a face mask you know it's like we don't realize how how big the small things can make us feel and I know I've talked about that before in in podcast episodes and I'll I'll link some episodes in the show notes but um I want to get deeper in this episode about what depression feels and looks like and I want to I want to tap into some of those myths and thoughts and masks that we wear as a depressed person and it's it's things that people don't really want to talk about because it's embarrassing and it's painful and it's kind of like I don't know man there's there's going to be some things that I explain in this episode that are kind of very very embarrassing on my part but that's it's not me that's the mental illness we have to we have to understand that it's okay to separate ourselves from the mental illness just like how in meditation and yoga and mindfulness everyone says you are not your thoughts. Right? You are not your thoughts. You are a soul in a body and your thoughts are separate from you. I was just watching a bunch of um videos of Med Circle on YouTube. Amazing amazing videos with psychiatrists and therapists and it's like just really to the point information clear and they they really explain these theories in like just an easy way for for the collective to hear it and we are not our thoughts what happens is that thoughts occur and then once a thought comes in whether it's you know an anxiety thought or a depressed thought or an an angry thought then we automatically look at life through the lens of that thought without even questioning it without even saying you know you're not you're not even real if somebody were to walk into your house and say give me you know give me all your furniture would you be like oh okay yes for sure here you go take take it all or would you say who the fuck are you first of all why did you walk into my house and no I'm not giving you my furniture <laughs> like that's the same kind of scenario of these intrusive thoughts that aren't true. These thoughts about ourselves and others, judgments about ourselves and others, it's not really our thoughts. They're invaders, you know? And we have to start looking at it that way. And instead of looking at our life through the lens of the negative thought, we can look at our life as the viewer of the thought you know you're standing back and you're saying oh okay that that thought came through that's cool I would like it to go away now because I know that I'm better than just falling victim to my thoughts because we all know that our mind is programmed and controlled and there's so many different layers as to why we are the way we are Why we react to things. Why we react to things that our roommates do. Why we react to an email that way. Why we are so quick to get in fight or flight. Why we're so quick to um, be in a resistant or kind of a self-defense mode with the drop of a hat. So in those moments, we can practice by looking at the thought instead of just falling victim to it and saying oh yeah okay yeah that that's that's my thought that's how I'm gonna think and that's how I'm gonna feel so let's get a little bit deeper um just to paint you a picture of my depression journey um I feel like the entire decade I was in fight or flight and I'm still working my way out of fight or flight. Through high school and college, I poisoned my body. I resisted pain. I resisted suffering in any way that I could by starving myself, by taking drugs, by working out too much, which I still do. I still work out too much. Um, but, you know, we all have our things. Mental illness, I kept, you know not wanting to admit that I had a mental illness and mental illness doesn't have to label our lives and paint black or gray over our entire life. It's, it's something that we live with and it's something that ebbs and flows and weaves in and out of our lives at different levels. We don't have to identify, we don't have to label ourselves, but we do have to acknowledge like, hey, there's some moments and there's some phases of my life where I felt out of control and I felt very depressed or very anxious. That's all. Just acknowledging it takes off a lot of load, takes off a lot of resistance energy and resistance energy sucks because when we're resisting something, it's like we're carrying bricks on our back that we just can't carry anymore. And You know, during this decade of of poisoning my body, I also allowed toxicity in my life through relationships, toxic sex, drugs, alcohol. And this can take a toll on the body, obviously, and the mind. And I truly feel that 2020 is the ultimate pivot that we all need to move away from that lifestyle to wake up to how we've treated ourselves for the past decade. Like, get a little shake. You know, we're shaking ourselves and we're waking up where our eyes are open and we're like, wow, fuck. I can't believe I, I did that to myself for a decade. And maybe your story is a little bit different. Maybe you didn't have drugs problems. Maybe you didn't um, have a lot of toxic sex. But there, there is, all of us have something that we have done to our bodies and our minds not on purpose but it happens and then that that takes a toll on our mental health so I have been staying away from one-dimensional drug and drinking life you know I've been staying away away from the one-dimensional conversations and it's left me feeling like I have a lot more space and time to focus on what I've been putting on the back burner, which is my health, like I was just saying. Because when you're, when you're focused on nourishing and feeding and trying to get away from your pain and your suffering, you're just always trying to find that next thing that you can latch on to. Whether it's buying something, or food, or drinking, or drugs, or smoking, or that person, or, you know, whatever toxic type of habit you're using to run away from the suffering. And that, that act of, of seeking out, of trying to find something, that craving, that in itself is dukkha. That is suffering. Dukkha means suffering in Buddhism. So just a simple, simple act of, for example, like if you know you're not going to buy anything online, but you start going online and you start like creating all these, these shopping carts on several different websites um, that is feeding your craving. And it's making it worse. Um, so. Anyways. You know, learning learning about mental illness and autoimmune disorders and the psyche has cracked my world open, and now Pandora's box is open and there's no turning back. Um, my my obsession and my love for psychology started, you know, when I was in high school, and I remember I was always obsessed with reading self you know self help magazines and fitness magazines and I was always interested in like the mind part of that of the magazines and I always I always knew that psychology and the mind were like such an important piece of the puzzle that I just wanted to figure out more and it never felt like work when I was reading something about psychology so that in itself just Made me realize that I need to start talking about this more and write about it more and and yeah, so I do write about mental health a lot and a lot of my articles have been published on elephant journal. So I'll link that in the show notes too in case you are wanting to read some articles about depression and ancestral depression and anxiety and rock bottoms and Saturn return and I talk talk about all that stuff because that's what this podcast about and I like to make it in available in different formats so like I was saying there's no turning back now Pandora's box is open the blindfold has been taken off there's no turning back and there's no covering up my truths and my raw feelings about where my life is. There's no more making excuses. There's, there's no more just dealing with people who aren't on my level. You know, I've had to really look at my life um, with a magnifying glass and be like, well, if you don't like this current reality or your current situation or your routine or the people that are around you, then why are you continuing to allow this to be your life? And I know it's easier said than done. We can't always just get up and leave or move or stay with a family member or leave that job. We have bills to pay. We have leases that we're in. We have contracts that we're in. Like That's, that's life. But there are ways to release the grip and start manifesting and just the act of making your your mind and saying you know what i'm gonna start looking for something else i'm gonna start manifesting i'm gonna start bringing some new ideas in just that shift in your perspective and your energy completely opens up your life instead of you just you know anchoring down in the suffering and anchoring down in in the pity and how much you hate the people around you or your job or your house or whatever so just that simple shift of okay i'm ready for change can be like the most liberating thing just that simple simple slight shift in energy can be what you need to get that momentum going to to really be open to receive um opportunities and conversations that people might come into your path um after you make this this choice to make a change in your life because once you make the change once you decide to make that change then the universe is like all right guys okay cool you know gab is ready she's making the change emotionally she's ready to open her life she wants to make change let's start throwing her some some breadcrumbs let's start throwing her some coins and see if she you know follows the breadcrumbs and starts waking up to the signs and the synchronicities and that's how to me in my opinion in my experience that's how the universe works that's how the law of attraction works and all this manifesting it's It's not like we can just like anchor down in our suffering and be like, I'm going to start manifesting a completely new life and it's going to happen next week because I'm sitting here and I'm manifesting. No, it takes um, it takes an energetic understanding that. We need to change our perspective and start opening our eyes to everything that is around us, because we can use the things that are happening around us as that glue to start creating a new a new reality for ourselves and if we are feeling ultimately depressed and depleted then it's really time to take inventory what are we lacking and what can we throw away kind of vulnerable now um About depression and about the thoughts and the myths and the stories that depression will tell us Um, some of them are true and some of them aren't so true and I feel like me sharing these things will kind of be helpful to not not only you but maybe myself because I'll be speaking it and I'll be able to hear it instead of just thinking it so as I am you know moving through this darker depression phase you know this is my first winter in Philly um, I feel it a lot more for sure and I've been feeling a lot recently about well why you know what needs are what needs are unmet what what is it that my soul is lacking what is it that keeps coming up and, and I keep searching for it and it's not there. So I want to paint a picture of what depression might be linked to. Um, It could be lacking a nurturing energy, a nurturing family energy, lacking physical touch and connection. I know that I'm definitely lacking that, but part of that is because I am abstaining from sex and I'm abstaining from dating and I'm I'm not ready to do that yet so with that comes a lack of physical touch and connection um I remember I when I was when I first started doing yoga and I was you know going to like one or two classes a day whenever the teacher would give me an adjustment I would feel this like wave of just um love because I wasn't used to, you know, people touching me in that way. In that nurturing, in that, that energetically healing way. Um, I am lacking laughter and smiling and dancing. And that is a huge one that comes with depression. I'm sure you guys can, can relate. Um, laughing and smiling and dancing doesn't really feel natural when you're depressed. It almost it almost feels like a psychotic kind of um thing to do <laughs> if that makes sense. Like like being depressed is normal. Like depression will will basically brainwash you and say why is that person smiling? Why is that person laughing? Why how is that person dancing? I can't believe that. Oh my god. How dare they? Um depression will make will make you think that the people who are happy are are just crazy or they're they're just not they're not normal people because they're happy they don't they don't feel pain because they're 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 not showing it depression will create a lack a lacking a sense of desire a lacking of sexual desire even though I'm um, intentionally staying away from sex, I have no sex drive. I have no sex drive at all. And i that's a huge clear-cut sign that my hormones are out of whack as well. And that, that it's all connected. Hormones, autoimmune, depression, the brain. And... I would like that to change. I would. I would like to move into a more um, normal sexual drive, but I'm not gonna rush it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna beat myself up for it. I mean, I don't want to put myself in another situation where I'm having sex with people who I don't really have any desire to. You know what I mean? And I will say, the last person that I hooked up with. Um, it traumatized me. It really traumatized me. And, um, I'm still learning how to shake off that energy and cut that energy cord, but it's really, it's starting to really occur. And it's funny because I will say this. I've been writing down the people who I want out of my dreams. Like, I'm done dreaming about you. I'm done thinking about you. So why should you have any right to come into my dream space? So I've been writing about that. I've been telling spirit and telling source, I do not wish to have these people in my dream state. So please, please respect that wish and honor that wish. And please just listen to my request. Um... I kid you not, I, I started doing that, and like the next night or something crazy like that, I had a dream about the guy, the last guy I hooked up with, but in the dream, he like killed himself, and I, I know that's kind of crazy and kind of graphic, but that is a metaphor, okay, that is, that is spirit and, soul, and your soul and my soul coming through and saying, all right, he's out of here. Like, there's no better metaphor than that. And if we start to connect our dreams to our reality and start really communicating with spirit and source and telling the universe what we would like to bring into our dream state and be serious, be, like, tell them tell them how it is. You got to be harsh sometimes for them to understand. Um at least that—that's how I feel with my spirit guides. Um, another example of of a dream thing before I before I move on um, is the other day I when I was writing in my journal and I said I I would like to bring in these few people in my dream state. Um, one of them was my grandfather and you know, he doesn't come through very often. He's only come through once. And so the next night, I kid you not, the next night I had a dream that I was in the gym jumping rope and I never use this specific area in the gym. I never use it, have never in my life so the next day I said, all right, well, you know, I'm gonna go and use that, use that area of the gym because I felt really good in my dream and it felt it felt good to jump rope. So I'm gonna go and jump rope. I went to the gym, I went and jump roped, and an older man came in to that area of the gym, sat down, we started talking, we started talking about like the most random stuff, like childbirth and natural birth and breath work and and jump rope and whatever. And his name was Carl and that was my grandfather's name and I don't think I've ever met anybody with that name I mean it's a pretty old old school name and the minute that this older man told me his name I instantly knew that that was my grandfather who was trying to communicate through these synchronicities Um, because sometimes our loved ones don't know how to get through into our dream state 100% and I feel like that was my grandfather's way of kind of breaking the barrier and seeing, just seeing if I would follow the signs and it it gives me chills just talking about it right now. Um, But real shit. Like our subconscious mind and our intention and our thoughts and our writing can literally mold our life. So that's something to think about, especially when you're dealing with depression. Um, a lot of people will say, "Oh, you know it's just in your head, just be happy, whatever. It takes work, it takes a lot of rewiring. it takes a lot of internal work to start disconnecting ourselves from the depression. But by writing and by connecting to our dreams and by moving and by breathing and just trying to find any little glimpse of bliss and really, you know, fl- trying to ride that wave, that's what I do, and that's what helps me. Um, back in, let's go back into the depression, the myths and, and all that, that, that depression will tell us. Um, basically, <laughs> What It's just, it's funny because depression will tell you that you're not worthy to be around people. It creates this lie and this myth that your depression is creating a layer of unworthiness. So who would want to be around you because you're depressed and because you're putting out that energy? So literally, the depression, let's just like let's just label the the depression as like a person or something so this depression is making you you know kind of miserable or sad or um not feeling your best and then it's saying you're miserable you're sad you don't feel your best well you don't deserve to be around people because you're 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 depressed so what kind of fucking oxymoron is that So it just, it digs you into a hole and it keeps making you feel like, you know, regardless if you're feeling depressed that day or if you're having a better day, um, you're still putting off that depressed and low vibe energy that you need to isolate, that you need to withdraw. You need to get away from people because you're going to be judged because people are going to look at you as this dark, depressed demon. And that's a myth that depression will tell you. Um, I've been craving a new level of healing and maybe you guys can resonate with this whole 2020, bringing a new crystal clear energy vision in of like, dude, this is, this is how things look. This is how things are. How are we going to change it? A new level of healing for me is what, what I've been hearing spirit scream, scream at me. It's, no longer the taps on the shoulder, no longer the whispers. It's full force screaming at me saying, You need to start taking care of your body more. You need to start taking care of your mental health more because how are you going to be a successful entrepreneur, yoga teacher, retreat leader, workshop host? You know, how can you be all these things when you feel like shit? It's easier to tap into that flow state when your mental and physical health are working we are our bodies are machines our bodies are the vehicle and if we're not nourishing the vehicle with you know that oil and we're not going to the mechanic and taking care of the car it's just going to break down on the highway and then what then we're fucked then we're in the middle of all these projects We're in the middle of all these things, all these things that we that we wanted, career, relationship. And then our body breaks down just like a car would break down on the highway. So before that happens, we need to start looking at our life with more of this 2020 vision. You know, depression will make us feel like we really just need a sense of belonging, we want to feel welcomed. We want to feel loved and cared for. Last night, I was at one of my meetings, um, meditations, recovery group meetings, and it was a 25-minute meditation. And usually, my mind is fucking just running amuck, But this meditation was a little bit different because I decided to start um, using some motivational affirmations and not speaking them out loud but speaking them within and i i kept telling myself you are welcomed you are being guided you are safe you are loved and i just kept repeating those that dialogue um internally and it really helped me just feel safe and not anxious while i was meditating and just continuing to bring in those those words and those dialogues because for me it's easy for my mind to run wild but when i continue to have this this mantra or this sacred kind of these internal sacred words that i can tell myself it starts to rewire the brain um people who are depressed don't feel loved and cared for even when they are um it's like we it's like it's like an addiction with addiction we turn into the hungry ghost, and Gabor Mate talks a lot about this—this um, this hole, this this never-ending hole that can't be satisfied or satiated. Um, when you're depressed, even if you do have a few loved ones who care and love about you. The depression will start to brainwash us and say they don't really care. They don't love you. They're ignoring you. They don't give a shit if you die. Like the, the depression will start feeding us lies and start telling us that our friends and our family does, don't care about us. Um, depression depression will continue to make us want to feel like we have to play small or disappear or hide or be ashamed of our flaws. And I'm not talking about physical flaws. I'm talking about emotional and personal flaws. That is part of the deep shadow work. And being so aware of our flaws and feeling our shadows being shined light on that, in some ways, it just, it just feels better to hide and stay away from people because we truly feel like we deserve to be alone. Like I was just saying, the depression will say, oh, no, you can't, you can't let anyone know that you, that you really feel this way or that you really look this way or that you're miserable. Like, then you're really going to have no friends. But then w- what happens? Then we don't have any friends anyways because we're isolating ourselves and we're feeding the depressed myths And ideas. So just for an example, um, my shadow side will inject this deep fear of, you know, maybe you'll never find your tribe. As much as I hate that fucking word, I truly feel like mental illness can steal that away from us. The sense of belonging, a sense of connection. It doesn't really exist beyond um, the support groups meetings that I go to at this point. And teaching yoga and social media. Those are the places that I feel connection. Um, I don't feel a a positive connection in my household. I do not feel a positive connection with my roommates. um, Which is why I am going to be taking some time away from Philly and spending some time in Florida with my mom. Um, So when you're depressed... There's, there's two options. You can either use drugs and alcohol or toxic vibrations to nourish that depression and make you forget that you're depressed. Or you can isolate and withdraw and, you know, not go out to bars and drink if, if that's not your thing. And this loops back into the, the sober lifestyle conversation. It can be very lonely and daunting Um, And the only thing that you're left with is yourself, your mind, your emotional brain hash. It's like a constant war sometimes. Um, Sometimes I feel like I will just be doomed forever. And I'll be depressed literally forever. When I see people smiling and laughing or walking and holding hands or on the phone cracking up or whatever... I can only help but wonder and I know this is the depression sometimes that is saying this. Is that real? Like are those people really laughing like that? Like how? How are they laughing like that? Like I just don't get it. Or are they faking it? And when I see couples all around me, I I think to myself, "Oh, that's nice." You know, and the depression rolls through and says, "I'm just not going to meet anybody." And the depression will say, um it's not in your cards. You're not going to meet anybody. You're not worthy. Nobody's going to be able to handle you or tolerate you or, or deal with your depression. So the depression uses the depression as a reason that you will not meet somebody. And I'm, I'm speaking this as if the depression is a person. Um, and there's nothing more harsh and debilitating than hearing a voice within your own mind saying, you're never going to meet somebody, you're always going to be alone, because then you start to believe it. Um, sometimes I'll I'll think to myself, you know, maybe I'll be one of these single and happy and posh, chic old ladies who has an awesome yoga body when she's 70 and teaching and, and whatever. I could definitely see myself teaching yoga or meditation or public speaking at that age but it terrifies me to think that i'm just not ever going to meet someone who accepts me for me and who doesn't judge me for my shadow depression can ruin any drop of hope or hopeless romantic energy you have because as soon as you have the slight interest in someone you will start um timeline hopping and you'll start seeing how that person will see you as a miserable fuck um, because of your depression. So your depression just kind of nips it in the bud and says, nope, that person's going to hate you. Forget about it. (laughs) Like, it's so fucked up, you guys. Um, It will just rip any kind of excitement that you have to shreds. It will make you you know dread meeting people because that depressed voice within your head says doesn't matter who you meet they're going to see the real you they're going to see that you're depressed they're going to see that you're miserable they're going to see that you're that you're just like dark energy and i don't i don't necessarily think that i'm all dark energy i, I teach yoga i i i try to spread light i try to spread truth But the depressed voice within my head tries to tell me that I'm only dark energy and that that the light energy that I put forth is fake. That's what depression will do. Depression will make you feel like you are a fraud for being happy in those moments that you are happy and you're trying to spread light. Depression will take away any drop of contentment or happiness that you have because it doesn't know that it doesn't know what that is it it doesn't know that that's real so it's a fucked up headspace to be in but it's also just raw raw and it's it's funny when i when i try to when i can't wrap my head around you know when i see people dancing and laughing and singing because I was a competitive dancer for years of my adolescence. I started dancing at the age of three and I loved dancing and putting on plays and singing for my parents and we would, you know, my parents had this house in New Jersey, a huge living room, huge bohemian rugs were everywhere. We had a loud stereo speaker and hardwood floors and it was just a fucking vibe. Like we would just dance and sing and put on shows for them and it was just so much fun. And I've been recently wondering, you know, where is that little girl? Where did that little girl go? Where is she hiding? Um, so you can ask yourself these questions. Um, and I was inspired by a lot of what Paul Check talks about. If, you're, if you don't listen to his podcast, it's fucking amazing. He's, he's an amazing person and teacher. And he said, when did you stop dancing and singing? When did you stop dancing and singing? Um, Because that has a lot to do with childhood and our inner child. And when did we cut that off from ourselves? When did we tell ourselves, oh, no, it's not okay to sing. It's not okay to dance. It's not okay to laugh. It's not okay to to be wild. Because the depression will cut that shit out and make you feel like you do not deserve that anymore. So this shadow work this inner child work that we do is we have to dig deep and figure out where is that inner child and where is that inner child hiding and do they want to be found and of course they do and and this is this is the shadow work this this inner de- this inner digging of finding him or her finding him or her you know what I did this is, I'm going to end this soon. Um, this is what I'm going to leave you guys with to kind of practice this inner child work and this inner child wound searching and healing. I found pictures of myself when I was, I think, you know, seven, eight, nine, um, regular pictures, like printed out pictures and I put them on my altar and Every day, I look at these pictures of this child whom I don't feel is me. I feel like this child is a completely different person. But in these pictures, you can tell that this child was happy and free and, you know, had, had not been tainted by drugs and alcohol and eating disorders and partying and toxic relationships. It was a pure soul who enjoyed dancing and singing and laughing and what I do is I will gaze at the picture, and it feels really awkward. It feels really fucking weird and, and terrifying at times because you're looking at yourself from a new person. <laughs> because as adults, we are a new person. We're in a, we're in a new body, you know, our body has grown, we have a different personality. And we're looking at this picture of ourselves as if that little girl or boy has died but we can bring that little girl or that little boy back to life by continuing to feed and nourish what that little girl or little boy needs which comes back to the basic needs of love and welcoming and nourishment and nurturing energy and getting outside of our comfort zone and, and doing those things that feel crazy, like laughing or singing or dancing. Even if it feels really uncomfortable, just do it for 10 minutes and then call it a day and say that was your inner child work for the day. Glad that's over. But it, it really requires these, these steps and these little small victories of trying to do the work. So as you do this searching This shadow work, um, it will help you hash out some of the main core um, foundations of when the depression and when the anxiety settled in. It'll help you realize what part of your childhood these emotions came through. And I hope that this helped you. Um, And I would love to hear your experiences with... um, your, your inner child work. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to that episode of The Vibe Within. This podcast would not be here if it wasn't for you guys and for the listeners. Um, it's a community and it's a therapeutic way for us to connect. And I genuinely just thank you for spending time and energy with me, with whatever you're doing, walking, running, at work, driving to work, making your coffee whatever it is that you're doing when you are allowing me to be in your ears um, I appreciate it and if you haven't subscribed or rated or reviewed the podcast um, that helps the podcast thrive it is really important for me to try to reach as many people as I can I mean I know I'm one person and I this is a one-woman show but with you guys um, subscribing and and rating and reviewing and even screenshotting the episode and just tagging me or tagging your friends and sending it to any of your friends who are suffering with depression or anxiety or these, these deep wounds that need to be healed, um, we're not alone. And the more that we share vulnerable, vulnerable episodes and people speaking about these things that can kind of feel icky and embarrassing... It will take the veil off. It will, it will take some of that pressure off of people and, and help them not feel so icky and gross and embarrassed and, and you know, shamed. Because that's what depression will do. So thank you guys so much. And I'll just leave you with the rest of this song.